Hey, everybody, welcome to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast that believes in strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And for the month of February, boy, do we have a doozy for you. Um, we all know that fat bottom girls make the rockin' world go round, and we are going to be doing a lot of talk about that this month. No, not fat bottom girls, although I have my fair share of opinions. We're diving into the catalog of Queen, and we have gathered a hodgepodge. And when you think, you know, I really want to know what other people's opinions are on Queen, I have gathered three cis white males to tell you what they think. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's funny because it's Good, true. Chris. <laughs> Let's jump right into it here. Uh, Brandon from Fort Lauderdale, my friend, our Patreon subscriber and the Bracket Master. How you doing, sir? And what are you drinking? I'm doing well, Chris. I'm doing well. It's a little bit of a warm night tonight. I got home just in time. A long night at work, but I'm happy to be home. And uh, I sent my fiance on a beer run earlier to get some fancy beer. Rock style or maybe Queen style. Couldn't find much, but she picked a good assortment of beer. And I have an aggr- against the grain Imperial Smoke Style Agent Bourbon Barrels. Ooh. And it has like a, the skeleton, like Dukes of Hazard, like little cover can. It is 13%. Woo. So oh. let's see here. It's been a long day, guys. And uh, she's actually going to drink a a sour, she's drinking like a sour Dragon's Lair 450. I don't know. We'll see. Cheers, honey. All right. Tell me she's sitting next to you as we record. She is. She's actually uh, crocheting. Oh, nice. Or knitting. All right. Cross-stitching. Hey, I I saw the top of her head poke poke in at one point. Yeah. How's your beer, honey? Let's see. Oh, she's gonna try. This is actually really good, guys. Very smooth, little good bourbon, uh, yeah, notes, and very, very heavy stout. I really do like it. Oh, I that sounds good. I will tell you, being that you are in the Florida area, Brennan, uh, there is a brewery up here in Tampa called Rock Brother Brewing. Okay. Rock Brother partners with different uh, rock artists around the U.S. to make different beers for them. So right now they've got three out there. There's one called Umphreys McGee. I'm assuming that's a band. There's one called JJ Gray, but the one that I've had is the 311 Amber Ale. Oh. In partnership with the band 311. Uh it's an Amber. It is. Naturally. It's solid. I had one I had one but that was a Hootie. It was a collaboration with Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh nice. And I don't remember what it was called, but it was um and it but it was like a it was a lighter beer. I want to say it was like a blonde ale or something like that. Okay. I'd have to. I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure I saved the label. I'm pretty sure it's in one of my myriad photo albums. I tried to find a Queen beer. And I found something online, <laughs> and the reviews were terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's head on over. Oh, where are we going next? Let's let's head on up to Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff Woodhead, my friend, how are you all doing? Right. What are you drinking? I'm I'm all right. Um, I am uh, actually. So my wife got me this book called Booze and Vinyl. Uh, which I got is both. A, uh... Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> it's right. very good. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, of course, one of the albums on in, in the book is uh, Night at the Opera, and so this is one of the cocktails that is suggested for pairing with Night at the Opera. It's called a Coronation. So, um, you know, nice, tasty, uh, 
maraschino and sherry and vermouth mixture. Nice. Not bad at all. Great books. Both are really, really good. Good knowledge. And it talks about the album and when to listen. Yeah. Great books. Yeah, we, we just got to get a, a a little bit better stocked bar at this point. We have uh, there, there's a lot of things in there that you know we're we're such straight liquor people usually that uh, that we, we just don't have any of the like random liqueurs and stuff. Yeah, and all the vinyl. Finger. Have to get all the vinyl as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Jeff, that does sound delicious. Speaking of sounding delicious, the dulcet tone. Toins. Oh my God! The dulcet tones of Michael Mott have joined us. Mike, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Things that have never been said about my voice before. I'm doing good. <laughs> I actually have. Uh, so I sent my wife on a beer run of sorts as well. Uh, she went to the grocery store this past weekend. We we had very grand plans to participate in dry January, and then we very quickly amended it to dryish January, and then. After a little bit, we uh, amended that to, oh, fuck it, we're just going to do what we always do. But I haven't had any time to uh, make a like a run to one of the stores that has a whole, you know, like a liquor store or something that has a good variety of beer. But she was going to public, so I said, pick me up something from Trim Tab Brewing because usually they're pretty good. Well, what she got me is actually their Raspberry Berliner Weiss, which I'm not usually a fan of this kind of beer, and I haven't tried it yet. It's not the weather for that type of beer. Either. Well, there there is that too, but um, but nonetheless, uh, it's not super cold here, so I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll see how this sounds. It was the it, it, I saw something indicated it was a bronze medal winner from some beer festival that I can't really read on the can in 2017 for fruit wheat beer. So it's got that going for it. Okay. Well, I will uh, go ahead and pop my bottle here. Ooh, that is excellent. That's actually really, really hey. good. Hey, I was that? I was not expecting that to taste that good. That's really, really good. I'm pleasantly surprised. I will be enjoying this and the other five that are not tonight. <laughs> not tonight, but <laughs> I was a little wary, but this is good. Let's see how this goes first. You might have to, but here we go. I am drinking a bottle of wine tonight. Um, I am oh. classy. So this is a cab. Uh, from a lovely little vineyard called Three Wishes. For those that don't know what Three Wishes is, Three Wishes is the Whole Foods Two Buck Chuck. It's a three dollar and sixty cent bottle. Nice. <laughs> I Good luck, through, Chris. I went Good through luck. three quarters of this bottle uh, a couple days ago. This is the end of it. Um, you know what? I'm not a classy guy. I don't know wine, but I drink it. It's yeah, I like it. There's worse ways to spend three fifty. Exactly. Need about three fifty. About three fifty. That's just about the cheapest thing at Whole Foods. <laughs> Probably. It's yeah. insane. The wine is affordable. <laughs> but we are here to go through the left side of our bracket. We have got thirty six seeds. So we are going to start with two play in games to determine the fifteen and sixteen seeds, and then we're going to jump into the main portion of the bracket, the left side of the bracket tonight. We're going to start off with Brandon. Brandon for the first play in game. The 16 seed is going to be either the the song 39 or the song The Miracle. You're up, sir. All right. So Queen for me, uh, growing up, the two bands that really I was introduced to at a young age music-wise that really changed my life, a lot of people know it's Sublime and Queen. My uncle introduced me to Sublime. My mom's like, listen to this band, honey. You're going to love them forever, and I always have. 
Now, these two songs, The Miracle, I knew a lot more of. And it's a great music video. Uh, they actually got a bunch of British kids, like preteens, like 10, 11, in the music video to play Freddie Mercury, Roger Taylor, Brian May, and John Deacon. Great music video. Okay song. Now, on the other hand, the 39, I never listened to until I was getting this set up. It's a fantastic song, and I hate where I seated it. I honestly hate <laughs> where I set it up. It's a Brian May song, pretty much just him singing, and it almost sounds like it would have been a great Eagle song. It has a very full country rock sound to it. And I love it. For me, it's the 39. 39 is two more than I want, but 39 picks up its first <laughs> vote. Jeff, over to you. Yeah, I kind of I, I dig the uh, the little foray into the uh, country folk arena that uh, the Queen do with 39. Yeah. The Miracle, I feel like they kind of... One thing about Queen, of course, Queen is about excess and glam and over-the-top craziness. And I feel like sometimes the miracle is an example of them maybe overindulging in that uh, and kind of ending up at self-importance, which is just never a good place for a rock band. I, I mean, unless, like, you're U2, it just doesn't work. Uh, so the miracle not don't doesn't do it for me. I'm voting for 39 also. Um, 39 is moving on. Mike, what do you say, though? I I honestly cannot believe I'm going to sit here idly by while someone ex- accuses Queen of overindulging. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? No. Um, no uh, Freddie had no limits. Freddie had no limits. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> I like I like 39 a lot too. I, I always I thought of it almost it almost has a sea shanty type of feel, even though there's not really a a sea aspect of it. It's more of like a war type of thing. But yeah, I thought it was what I was listening to, I was like, I'd I'd kind of always listened to it sort of in background. And like I never paid that close of attention to it. And when I was listening to it again for this bracket, I went. It, it, for the first time, I realized it's not Freddie singing. I don't know why that didn't dawn on me before. Nope. Um, but I kind of agree. Like it's it stands out a little bit uh, among the Queen's discography, and the Miracles more classic Queen. It's definitely overindulgent. Uh, it's got an amazing guitar solo. But there's going to be I love a good guitar solo. It's going to be a running theme throughout this. There's a lot of them in Queen's discography. But I, I think 39 is just a little more special for how unique it sounds and for that rare opportunity to get a Brian May lead vocal. So even mm-hmm. though ordinarily I'm going to go to Queen for to, to hear, among other things, you know, Freddie just wail. Uh, in this case, I'm going to agree with uh, my fellow panelists and give it to 39. Well, 39 is going to sweep its way out of the round of uh, or out of the playing game right into the round of 32. It's going to be going up against the overall number one seed, but we'll get to that in just a second. We've got one more play-in game to look at. Jeff, you're kicking us off here. Are you going with the song Keep Yourself Alive or Princes of the Universe? So when I was a teenager, my father uh, was often stay up randomly late at night, and I'd wander into the room, and he'd be watching some kind of crazy television. And one of the shows that I always remember him watching was 
the Highlander TV show, which, of course, Princess of the Universe is the intro to it. And I think at one point I, I caught the intro and I didn't hear that initial, here we are. I was like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> That's cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I at, at that point, I hadn't really known much of Queen beyond like, yeah, obviously we all know Bohemian Rhapsody from Wayne's World, but uh, um, you know, we will rock you and we are the champions from you know just existing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and but but I hadn't really necessarily thought, oh, this is a band I want to get into more. When I found out that was Queen, a few years later, I was like, oh, hey, I think I'm into this band now. <laughs> so, Princess of the Universe. Uh, holds a special place in my heart for queen songs uh yeah it wanders a bit but it's still a real fun rocker uh that uh i think deserves to move on uh also one final note uh my dad after finishing watching highlander series was convinced that adrian paul was going to become the next uh, james bond instead of pierce brosnan yeah <laughs> Or I guess it would have been uh, it would have been Daniel Craig that would have been the, the, at that the the next one at that time. But yeah, guess uh, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> now it looks like it's going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson now, but we, we never know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. But Prince of the Universe has his first vote. Mike, over to you. You know, I don't I don't have that history. Most of the later '80s Queen is not uh, really in my wheelhouse as far as the Queen that I'm familiar with. Um, and to be honest, I always kind of have an affinity for when bands do like the, the especially bands that are, you come into long after they've been established. And, you know, you kind of go back and delve through their entire discography when you're interested. And those early albums that, that just have that like gritty sense of like they're still trying to, you know, find their sound. They've got all the raw talent. They're dipping their toes in the water, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. That's kind of what keep yourself alive is for me. And to me, it really works. Uh, I do like princes of the universe too. And it's definitely the sound of a band that has, they know exactly what they, what they can do. And they do it really, really well. I'm, I was on the fence about this one, but I think just to, uh, to kind of make it a little interesting here, uh, I think if I was going to put on one of these right now, I probably would put on Keep Yourself Alive, so I'm going to give it my vote. Now, with that, we got a tie ball game. Brandon, over to you. Break that tie, send one on. I agree uh, with both of you guys. And, Jeff, at first I did leave this uh, Princes of the Universe off the list. We spoke, and I'm like, you're right. It definitely yeah. needs to be on the list. This song, and also another song we'll talk about later, Highlander, very... They, I think they did the whole soundtrack for the film. Yes, they for did. Highlander. I like Princess of the Universe, and Mike, you brought up "Keep Yourself Alive" is one of those nitty gritty early Queen songs, and I love that chorus. Keep yourself alive. Keep yourself alive. Da, 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 da. Keep yourself alive. And the song, even though it gets a little crazy, it goes a little bit longer than it really should. I, I do like Princes of the Universe. It has a big sound to it, but Keep Yourself Alive, I guess, is more classic. So I got to go with Keep Yourself Alive. Keep Yourself Alive is standing alive. I can't even do the voice right now. Oh, my God. That was so pathetic. Keep Yourself Alive is moving on to the round of 32. 
And we are moving back. So our overall one seed out of this region of the bracket, Mike, we're starting with you. Is it going to be the overall one seed of Bohemian Rhapsody or is it going to be the surprise upstart 39? You know, you know, Chris, for this uh, vote, I thought about doing your bit where I would just laugh and then go Bohemian Rhapsody. But I got to give this matchup a little bit, a little bit of do. First of all, it's a night at the opera matchup, which I think is interesting because uh, there are at least this is probably going to be I think it would be now the only uh, matchup of two songs from the same album uh, mm-hmm. going up against each other. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and I do like 39 a lot. But again, it is it is Bohemian Rhapsody. As Jeff said, uh, we, we know it from Wayne's World. It was the title of the the movie about queen that was kind of a sort of mm-hmm. Freddie biopic. I mean, Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody is an instant association when you think of queen. I, I, it's, there's just really no way of getting around it. It's a song that uh, we all just know so well. We've heard it so many times. Uh, it's got so many unique parts to it. I feel confident we'll be talking a lot more about it later. Uh, but it, it also has, again, I said, this is going to be a running theme. It has a bitchin' guitar solo. Uh, I mean, just so much great stuff about Bohemian Rhapsody. 39, great song, but it it never had a chance here. Well, that was about what we thought was going to happen. Brandon, over to you. So when I put this bracket together, um, it was tough. Like, I looked at a lot of my own personal things, and I looked over, like, at least eight, nine, ten different articles that ranked the top 50 Queen songs. And they were all over the place. It's not like the Beatles or the Stones where you get the same top 10 in order. Queen, people just mixed it all up. And I saw the 39 pop up a few times in people's top 10. But then others, it was down in the 30, 40 range. And the 39, I really wish I would have seeded it a little bit differently. Because I think it is a great song. And it could have had a better matchup, I believe. Bohemian Rhapsody, we're talking about one of the greatest songs ever written. Now, I will say, I don't think it's going to go as far as we think. I think Bohemian Rhapsody, it's a song that everyone knows. It's a great song. But we'll see what happens. I think it is overplayed. And it has three, pretty much just like three songs put into one song. Three different parts. 39, it's a great song. Brian May does a great job, but it's not going to beat Bohemian Rhapsody. Not right now. Yeah, I figured, but we're going to hear from Jeff anyway. Yeah, I mean, when you think of all of the things that make Queen Queen, they're all there, right? They're all in this song. Freddie's very unique and amazing voice and beautiful harmonies. The over-the-top production, the uh, the very the, the attention to detail of some of the, the various elements of the production, even you know, even being over the top, it's still very meticulous. It's really, really a a well put together song. It, it's six minutes, and it doesn't feel like it's just going on forever. It's, uh, uh, I mean. And it's just such a part of our culture, right? Like there, there's a reason when uh, Anthony Scaramucci was doing his uh, uh, 12-day <laughs> stint as press secretary that half of Twitter was asking him if he did the Fandango. I mean, uh, 
Bohemian Rhapsody is such a uh, uh, iconic. I hate to use that word because it's overused in this fucking podcast all the time. But it is. It is. I mean, there's no better word for it. Uh, it it's it deserves to move on for sure for uh, for this one and probably for the next looking at thing couple of rounds. I would say. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, our prognosticator. Jeff is predicting big things. It's moving on to the round of 16 to to the absolute shock of no one. But we are moving on. This next one here, we're back to Brandon. Brandon, are we going with the eight seed fat bottom girls or the nine seed one vision? Sir, you can get your head out of your hands and make your pick. Oh, my God. So going back to my seating, when I started doing this, I'm like, oh, shit. That's the first curse tonight. So we're going to keep that rolling. We're going to be cursing, <laughs> gentlemen. Um, I love both of these songs very much. And I was like, damn, they're at eight, nine. I'm like, all right. So Queen, I think Queen has to really be looked at as one of the best bands. Yeah, live. We know they're the arena band, one of the greatest arena live bands ever. But their openings to songs are amazing. Either that guitar solo or just the way Freddie starts the song off. It's amazing. Or John Deacon with the bass. I mean, or Roger Taylor starting it. I mean, amazing beginnings. Fat Bottom Girls. It's one of those. The song just is pumping the whole time. And then you got One Vision. And uh, One Vision I off the, the It's a Kind of Magic album. It got really famous through the movie Iron Eagle. That's the where he plays it in the plane with uh, uh, Gossett Jr. When they're flying to go save the kid's dad. And he's like, whoa, I like this song. That song, when I first got my first Queen album, I was like, whoa, I really like, I love both these songs. There's something about One Vision. I'm driving. One Vision really hits it for me. I love listening to that song when I'm driving. Fat Bottom Girls is near perfect. It really is. One Vision has its issues, but for me, to my heart, One Vision, it gets me going more. So I go One Vision. One Vision picks up its first vote. Next pick here goes to Jeff. Yeah, so this is an interesting matchup for me. Between, you know, I had mentioned when we talked about the miracle about, you know, bands getting too self-important and over the top and it not working. Uh, I mean, you can't get too that much more self-important than four white guys writing a song about MLK, but it works somehow. Uh, I can't explain why it works. I think uh, maybe it's it, it's because it isn't uh, in that kind of choral sort of uh, um, attempting to be important. Uh, area that the miracle was but one vision is still a rocker right it's still uh like like brandon said it gets you going uh fat bottom girls i think uh everyone else likes it better than i do uh it's it's never been my thing right i still like i dig that uh that that guitar riff at the beginning there after and the uh, the lyric the beginning how he starts the song yeah yeah there's uh there's something great about that and then the quarter note drumming coming in and yeah it's it's a it is a great song 
it's just never resonated with me in in the way that a lot of the other songs on this bracket that we'll talk about later have uh and one vision i didn't necessarily know it that well before looking looking through this one uh but yeah it, it got to me i liked it uh i'm gonna give it my vote to be clear when you said fat bottom girls isn't really your thing we're talking about the song <laughs> right we we are talking about the song, okay. Chris. Uh, <laughs> we all love Fat Bottom Girls. Well, they do make the rock and roll go round, Mike. <laughs> they do make the rock and roll go round. <laughs> I I'm going to uh, speak up in defense of Fat Bottom Girls. Uh, I love the song. Uh, <laughs> I love and it also, too. And also the group of Fat Bottom. I you know what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> We yeah no um these are both great songs you guys hit the nail on the head um one vision uh, like I said I'm not as familiar with uh, Latter Day Queen so uh, I had only, I've only really heard it a couple times uh, listening preparing for this bracket but it is it has some great music uh, it gets a little repetitive uh, at times to me but I, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because it's got uh it's got a good message I think Jeff is is right about. Yeah. Uh, that that it works in a way that the miracle didn't in terms of getting its message across and not coming you know not seeming too self-important um and and come on the gimme gimme fried chicken thing at the end that that's just fantastic and the music <laughs> video is even better like it's like they're all in the studio they're having a good time together and they're just going at it i didn't i didn't watch any music videos for this but uh i guess i i, I probably i probably should have i'm just i just always wanted listen to the music separately but but to me it's still fat bottom girls uh it's just more of the song that it's a song that i feel like is so ingrained in me uh, i make references to it i say i catch myself singing it all the time it's just such a fun song and i love the music and you you said it brandon i love the way it, i love the way it starts with the intro and then the guitar comes in and every it's just such a well put together song it's ridiculous lyrically, but it's fun. So I, I'll give it. I'll give it a vote. Uh, but I'm not at all disappointed that One Vision's moving on because it's a tough matchup. It's an eight nine, and that's a great song. That it is, and it's moving on. We are moving on as well, though. Here, this next one is going over to Jeffy. Jeff, you are choosing between the five seed "Crazy Little Thing Called Love" or the twelve seed. I read that as "I am in love with my cat." I'm very happy to see that I am in love with my car. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is so much better. Right. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Freddie loves cats. Freddie loves cats. Incidentally, the uh incidentally the car that uh Rod um it was Roger Taylor. Roger Taylor was in love with. Mm -hmm. The car that he was in love with was an Alfa Romeo. Okay. I get it. Cool. I'm not a car guy though, so I can't really uh grasp the sentiment here i'm like you have a two-ton hunk of metal that moves you from place to place go you the crazy little thing called love is a song that basically takes the uh aesthetic of elvis and they they manage to out elvis elvis it's great yes. <laughs> who can do that who does that who takes a guy who's a legendary performer and then it's just like we're gonna do what you do and then we're just gonna fucking do it better than you because fuck you we can it's <laughs> a so crazy little thing called love gets my enthusiastic vote here well there we go uh mike over to you <laughs> <laughs> all right first of all let me just say 
Roger Taylor sings the absolute hell out of I'm in love with my car. <laughs> he does. He makes like, love to the song. I, I freaking believe every word when he, when he sings that song. It is. And honestly, his voice reminded me of another uh, on that song actually reminds me of another famous Roger from classic rock, uh, Lauren Daltrey. It has that kind of vibe to it. That, that sort of, uh, sound to it to me. It's a fun song. I really, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) The band on stage. Um, (laughs) all right, we're not doing that bit. (laughs) It's a, it's a great, I, I, I'm in love with my car is it's a fun song. It's it's fantastic, but Jeff's right. Crazy little thing called love is it's, it's the kind of song that only queen would could pull off. I feel like it does. It takes that vibe and it, it gives it a queenness that makes it work. And, and it's just, and I love, I honestly, my problem, my favorite moment is when they get to the part where it's just like, you know, it's acapella with the snaps. And, yes. he sings, I, and he sings, I ain't ready. And the whole band replies, ready, Freddy. I, I just, ready. It's such, it's such a great like moment to me. I don't know why, but it's just, I, cause a lot of times I, it, I have a love hate relationship time with it, with it, when a band is self-referential in their own lyrics, but that one does it for me. There, there's, there are some that do it for me. And that, that's definitely one of them. Crazy little thing called love. Uh, gets my vote here too. Brandon, take us home. So, um, <clears throat> Roger Taylor. So in the mid eighties, Roger and Freddie both tried to do their own separate, like solo careers. Both were terrible, terrible. (laughs) Um, Roger, I think Roger needs to be looked at as one of the best. Because a lot of drummers we know, uh, they do backup singing. Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace. I think he was one of the best backup drummer singers. And I think Roger Taylor, it was a very great backup. So we'll talk about other songs that he backs up under pressure, radio Gaga songs like that. He backs up when they're live. And, but as a solo, eh, I'm in love with my car. Great song, great opening. Then it's all over the place. It's against, I think there's quite a few queen songs that, that are near, are perfect or near perfect. Crazy little thing called love is one of those songs. And Mike, you're right. That whole acapella part. And then Roger Taylor. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's it's perfect. Um, crazy little thing called love. Like that whole that whole breakdown part, amazing. It's crazy little thing called love. Well, Crazy little thing called love is moving on in dominant fashion, and so are we. Mike, you're up for the next pick here. You have got the four seed. Another one bites the dust. The 13 seed, you're my best friend. I'm hoping that's a song, not a way to trick me into admitting that on the radio. Mike, over to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, I'd have to go first on this one. For for a 413 matchup, I think this one is brutal. And I know which way I'm going to vote, and I hate that I have to do it. But because Another One Bites the Dust is a great Queen song. It's very well known. Uh, It was one of the first Weird Al Yankovic parodies, so it holds a special place in my heart in that regard, too. I love the way the first verse comes in and Freddie's kind of, he's kind of keeping it at an even keel. And then the second verse, he just cuts loose. It's so, so good. 
and I have to vote against it because it's going up against You're My Best Friend, which is one of my favorite love songs of all time. I insisted on walking uh, back down the aisle, the recessional to this song at our wedding. Cause I want, it was right after, right after that first kiss. I wanted to hear that. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh, you're like, that was, that's a, that's a moment for me that, I, that I will treasure. And it's, it, it was exactly how I wanted it to be. I absolutely adore the song and I, I really love another one bites at us too, but just for that, for having that, that special place for me and for all the other ways that I, that I love it. It's, it's, it's in many ways a simple song, but I just, I think it's fantastic. So uh, you're my best friend's going to get my vote on this one. All right. Well, next vote goes over to Brandon. So, um, interesting thing about another one bites of dust. I think it was on the top of, I think it really was at the time on the top of the disco chart and like the R and B chart. I think it like at that time, a lot of people didn't know who this, and they didn't know who queen was. They were like, who are these guys? And, uh, John Deacon, that baseline, Absolutely amazing. I give that. I'm not a fan of the song. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Another One Bites of Dust. It is a good song. I've just never been a fan. You're My Best Friend is absolutely gorgeous. I love the song. I always have. And uh, I have my best friend. And she loves Queen. She loves the same song. She actually voted against You're My Best Friend. But she loves the song as well. Um, you're my best friend. I, Freddie, it's early Queen. Michael, as we talked about earlier, Mike, it's an early Queen song. It's a great song. Freddie's really coming in. The, he's letting him, he's coming in the Freddie. It might have been about his ex, his fiance, his ex-wife, uh, Mary. I don't know. But um, it's a beautiful song. And I agree. I would love it at my wedding. I would. So you're my best friend. I'm voting on. I got bit by my own mute bug. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? I, I wasn't sure if Chris was so chagrined by that vote that he had to take a drink. Or Jeff showed up and the other Jeff showed up and then muted everybody somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, uh, over to you. Do we have another sweep? We do not. Okay. Uh, I... I, I love both of these songs. They're they're both great. I can't be pissed off at the way this went. Uh, there, no one is going to begrudge you're my best friend for moving on. It's uh, it is as Mike put it, a beautiful love song, uh, and manages to be emotional without being schmaltzy. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a, it is a great song. Um, another one bites the dust though is just yeah. I mean. I'm a sucker for uh, for a uh, well placed uh, intro baseline. Uh, it's somehow only the the second most iconic uh, intro baseline we're going to talk about on this half of the bracket. <laughs> yes, uh, the other right? one a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but it still uh, you know, drives the song forward. Uh, I do have to tell a little story here because uh, my uh, father in law loves to get us ridiculous ass halloween uh decorations you know like the kinds of ones where you just like push a button and it <laughs> says something and of course i have a four-year-old so whenever she sees any of these decorations it's button mashing time <laughs> so while i'm uh, in in the bath in uh, i'm in our bathroom giving uh, uh subcutaneous fluids to our cat who's uh, had 
do this for the past couple of years. And it's about a 15 minute process. Dorothy, uh, my toddler will sometimes come in there with me. And when Halloween is on, there's a skeleton that sits there. And if you push a button, it plays a really shitty cover of another one bites the dust. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> for about a minute and a half. She's a toddler. So she pushes this button over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> and so I hear someone who's not Freddie Mercury <laughs> singing <laughs> a very bad version <laughs> of Another One Bites the Dust over and over and over and over and over again. And yet I still somehow love the song. <laughs> so if that torturous uh, experience hasn't soured me on that song nothing will so I guess that's kind of why I have to vote for it but uh, but yeah I'm not upset that you're a best friend's moving on at all now uh, that is one mercy vote for the one that ended up biting the dust <laughs> we are moving on Brandon we're over to you the 6 seed Radio Gaga the 11 oh, seed man. it's a kind of magic tough pick here good luck this was tough. This was a really tough one. So it's a kind of magic. It had mixed songs in the album. And uh, that live tour, they had probably one of the greatest helicopters in rock history. Like it was the whole album that covered up the whole helicopter. Beautiful. It was the last tour they ever did. Um, it's a fun song. It's a good song. But it's up against... And hear me by this. One of the greatest live songs of any band could ever do. We know the Live Aid performance. What Freddie did that day, it wasn't the beginning. It wasn't Hammer the Fall was amazing. Everything about that day, Live Aid was amazing. It was Radio Gaga. How he took Wembley Stadium and took them over. But it wasn't just that performance. It was every concert. When Radio Gaga went, he took the crowd in his hands and they clapped along. Every person in the stadium arena. Radio Gaga is an absolutely incredible song. And it's kind of magic, amazing song. I really do like it a lot. But Radio Gaga as a live song, I think it's one of the greatest live songs ever. So Radio Gaga for me moves on. Radio Gaga's got a vote. Jeff, you're up next. Yeah. Uh, this is the hardest matchup of this side of the bracket for me. Uh, both of these songs are great. Brandon points out that the live version of Radio Gaga is just incredible and you know shows what I miss from being born in 1981 and therefore not able to see Queen because my parents were going to take me to a show when i was four uh <laughs> so um it's uh it really really is a impressive performance and a very good song but it's a kind of magic is entertaining as hell too uh i i, I kind of sit here and going back and forth between these two songs and i think which of these is getting stuck in my head more which of these am i going around singing more and i'm thinking I'm actually kind of singing It's a Kind of Magic over and over and over again. Uh, 
maybe this is a slight punt because this is such a hard decision <laughs> and I would prefer that Mike make it. <laughs> but I, I honestly do actually kind of lean towards a kind of magic here. <laughs> well, uh, punting always ends well on this show. Mike, it's over to you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, it's it's going to end well on this one, in my opinion, because, well, A, I'm making the choice, but also B, these are two great songs. You really can't go wrong. Both of these both of these songs are good enough to merit a spot in the next round, but only one of them could make it. So, uh, I mean, Brandon really, to me, hit hit the nail on the head describing those live performances of Radio Gaga. Uh, they're just incredible uh, you know the, the live aid one is obviously the most well-known and even more so now after uh it was recreated in the movie bohemian rhapsody but uh and as good as that you know movie did at capturing that performance go watch the original it's just it is something to behold i mean radio gaga is the song that gave one of the preeminent pop stars of the 21st century her name that's what she took yeah it no lady gaga yeah yeah that's where she took it mm-hmm. from. I and mean, that's how uh, incredible and well-known a song it is. Uh, She's a it, big Queen fan. Big Queen yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. And I think it's is it's a kind of magic. It's a great song. And I you know, I agree with Jeff. It's it's very catchy. Uh, it's got a really, really cool bass line that kind of drives the song forward. Uh, and I especially love the way it really kind of takes it to the next level there at the end of the song. Uh, but to me, it's, it's, and maybe am I, am I unfairly biasing a little bit because of that, that live aid performance? It's possible, but Radio Gaga is just the song that sticks, sticks with me a little more. So that's, that's the song that I'm going to give my vote, but this was a tough one. I'm shocked. I had no idea Taylor Swift got her name from Radio Gaga, but Hey, here we are. (laughs) I said one of Dick. Radio Gaga is moving on, and so are we. We've got three more picks in this side of the bracket. Uh, Jeff, we're going to start off with you. The three seed under pressure or the 14 seed headlong. Take us away. So we go from the hardest choice of this side of the bracket to the easiest. (laughs) I mean, come on, guys. It's under pressure. It is a baseline that you immediately recognize directly upon hearing it. I am sure we'll talk about this in the next couple rounds, unless you guys are both completely drunk off your asses by now. Uh, I did want to, uh, um, want to, I did want to mention an interesting reference to this song that occurs in uh, a document called the survey of radial velocities in the zodiacal dust cloud. Uh, which is a, uh, a thesis submitted to the uh, degree of Doctor of Philosophy for the Imperial College of Science, Technology, and Medicine of London in 2007 by a certain Dr. Brian Harold May. Hey. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, sir, in, sir in, in Dr. His... Brian May. <laughs> sir, Dr. Brian <laughs> May, right. And in, in the, uh, the preface and acknowledgement section here, he, uh, he notes... The writing of my thesis was virtually complete in 1974, but the submission was deferred due to various pressures. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, pressures like being the guitarist in one of the biggest rock bands in the world. <laughs> oh, my. God. Hey, you know, <laughs> at least he got back to it. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, you know, while 
I suppose the, uh, the being in a rock band does put you under pressure. Uh, maybe that was the inspiration he needed for this song. Uh, even though I think uh, the lyrics were kind of just a collaboration of all of them and Bowie. So, uh, you know, I'll just assume that Brian May is referencing this song at that uh, with, with that quote. And, uh, and the vote here is obvious under pressure all the way. You know, Jeff was rallying on about points and phrases that we use a lot on this <laughs> podcast. I think it's safe to say he just belabored a point, gentlemen. <laughs> Mike, we're over to you. All right. Yes, this is an easy vote, but I do want to take a brief moment to give Headlong its due because it is an awesome, aggressive hard rocker. I, the, uh, the sound that uh, Dr. Sir or Sir Dr. Brian May coaxes out of his guitar, whatever effect that is he uses, is just awesome and the the way that taylor pounds the drums to drive the song forward it's a really good song but yeah it's going up against under pressure it was an instantly recognizable opening bass line long before vanilla ice completely ripped it off and by completely ripped it off i mean made his own thing by adding the tss at the end of it according to him but <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen him try to explain that it is a master class in Although it's not a masterclass, he's clearly full of shit. But <laughs> nonetheless, no, un- Under Pressure is, it's such a great song. It, it's a great collaboration. It's extremely well known. You you could find, you could tell anybody, play anybody those, what is it, seven notes? And they know instantly, well, they might, again, they might think it's Ice Ice Baby, but even then they know what Ice Ice Baby is ripping off. I mean, not ripping it off at all. It's a totally yeah. original. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying that so... Mr. Van Winkle doesn't sue us, but no, uh, this is very clearly under pressure. Under pressure has another vote. Brandon, do we have a sweep? So, uh, Mike, you hit on the point. Headlong is a lot of fun. It's one of, uh, for Queen. It's one of my favorite driving songs. Uh, whoop, diddy, diddy, whoop. It's a fun song and fun lyrics. Uh, under pressure. I love driving to it too. Under Pressure, it's one of those Queen songs that is perfect. John Deacon, amazing, amazing. I promise no Kyle Bush references tonight. Uh, uh, Jeff, the candy bracket, I tore apart Kyle Bush. There's another douchebag celebrity I will bring up tonight, and that's Vanilla Ice. Dude. You can say you didn't steal that. You stole it. Boca Raton, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you hear me. Just fess up to it, please. And the thing is, <laughs> people love that song. People love Ice Ice Baby. I don't know why. It's a terrible song. Under Pressure, it has so much energy and like the lyrics, they hit you so hard. Bowie and Mercury going back and forth. And it's another song, how I brought up Roger Taylor singing background live. This He pretty much takes Bowie's parts. And Foo Fighters would cover this song a lot. Dave Grohl would take one part. Taylor Hawkins would actually sing Mercury. Um, so this song means a lot to me. It does. I will say Ice... Vanilla Ice hurts it a lot for me later on, but right now, under pressure moving on. 
that it is under pressure is moving on to the round of 16 and we have got two picks left so let's go ahead let's jump right in mike you are picking us or you're taking us here the seven seed hammer to fall the 10 seed who wants to live forever two actually really good songs what do you think yeah, these are two really good songs. Uh, Hammer to Fall is a nice gritty rocker. Uh, Brandon brought up. Uh, it's also it also features in that uh, famous Live Aid performance. Uh, it's got fantastic vocals. Uh, you always get fantastic uh, vocals from Freddie Mercury, but I mean these are just these are some of the best. And honestly, the the Brian May guitar solos are amazing. Get, I say solos because it's really kind of two guitar solos back to back because it has the one and then kind of kicks it up on the other one. And for the most part, like I'm not saying queen, there aren't some queen ballads that I really like. And I do really like who wants to live forever. But, uh, when I'm going to going to listen to queen, the, the hammer to fall sound is more the sound that I'm aiming for. Uh, so for this matchup, I'm going to give it to hammer to fall, but we'll see where the hammer falls. Hammer to fall picks up its first vote. Brandon over to you. This half of the bracket. This was my hardest pick. One Vision, Fat Palm Girls, that was very difficult. This one's tough. Hammer the Fall, I have to double check my notes. I think that's a Brian May written song. I believe it is. Hard guitar, amazing. Freddie, uh, not just Live Aid, but every show. It's another one that Freddie just got into it. He had so much fun doing that song live. And it's it's a ripper. It really is. Who Wants to Live Forever? Uh, there's three songs on this bracket that are just emotionally gorgeous and beautiful and heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Who Wants to Live Forever? Man. It's on the Highlander album, too. Who Wants to Live Forever? Like, Freddie's vocals, it just... He knew, I think, by this point that he was dying. I think he knew he had HIV. The band did not know. And uh, it probably was like remnant in his head. So I'm going to go with Who Wants to Live Forever. Who Wants to Live Forever picks up its first vote. Jeff, you're up. Oh, so I get to decide this one, huh? You do. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Mike said a lot of what I wanted to say in the sense that the the ballads aren't the reason you come to Queen. This one, like, Who Wants to Live Forever, the other Highlander song uh, that uh, that we're talking about today. I, I feel like at five minutes it just kind of drags. Uh, that it, it maybe could have cut a couple minutes off of its runtime and still been as good of a song or even better song. Uh, while Hammer to Fall, I think, fills its uh, runtime quite well, it's uh, a lot more fun to listen to to me. So uh, I th- I'm going to give it to Hammer to Fall. And with that hammer to fall is moving on and we're down to the last pick of the episode. Brandon, we're bringing this back to you, sir. Mm -hmm. You've got the play in game winner princes of the universe taking on the two. It was was keep yourself alive. Oh my gosh. I have that backwards. (laughs) Wine is a hell of a drug. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we have got your 15 seed keeping yourself alive or keep yourself alive. Sorry. But uh, the two seed is we are the champions. Brandon, take us away. We are the champions. I know it gets, I feel like when I talk to people about we are the champions, people 
talk it down or talk shit about more like oh it's redundant than like Bohemian Rhapsody. You hear it in Sam's. I think it's a beautiful like how with Freddie on the piano, he's going into it. The lyrics really hit. Yeah, the middle when it's we are the champ. Maybe I guess it gets a little. I guess people get maybe a little bored with it, but then like when he goes back down, he starts it up again. It really gets you into it. And you go to you go to a stadium, you win the title, you want to hear that song. You do. Because then you know you did it. You won the title. Uh, 2006, when the Miami Heat won, I was uh, in the arena in downtown Miami. We played in Dallas. And we watched on the video, and they played the song. We tried to rush the courts. The cops stopped us. But we listened to that song, and we all paraded together, and we jumped in cars in Miami, and we sang We Are the Champions. Keep Yourself Alive. It had no shot. Even if it was another song that it was against, it's a fun opening, and Keep Yourself Alive It's good. But then it just gets a little weird at times in the song. We Are the Champions. It's a great song. I see it going quite a bit further. Jeff, you're up. You know, uh, I know, Brandon, you said you, you've heard a lot of people talk down about We Are the Champions. You're about to hear another one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, look, when I listen to all the songs, I put them together in a little yeah. Spotify thing and listen to all of them. And there were 35 songs that I enjoyed listening to. And then there was this one. <laughs> and... I, the, the, and I think Brandon, you put your finger on maybe why I don't like it as much because you talk about the, you know, the beautiful piano intro and Freddie's singing, and then you get to the chorus and it doesn't pay off. It just, it, it doesn't hit in the same way that so many of Queen's other songs do. It just, you're going from this build up this gathering of tension to that really that's your chorus that's where you're dumping your emotional energy it doesn't it didn't go anywhere it just you're saying the most anodyne possible Mm -hmm. things in an unconvincing way Uh, I, i i can't really even justify listening to this song when I win a championship unless it's like, you know, you're you're two bottles of champagne in and you're gonna forget that you even heard it the next day. <laughs> so it's just I really feel like there are other songs that do the uh sports jam thing. Uh I think it was actually uh um bold of you and appropriate of you to separate we will rock you and we are the champions because i had to oh i had to it it allows us to get to the 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 coolness of we will rock you which i guess we'll get to in the next episode and separate it from just the disappointment it's ironic that a song about winning and champion championships is just disappointing but it just is it's disappointing uh so I'm giving my vote to what the hell was it? Keep yourself alive. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, here we go. Well, Mike, here we do go. Um, <laughs> as you all know, when you have a three-person 
podcast or a three-person episode of Boozy, the host gets to give their opinion before saying anything, before the, the third panelist gets to speak. I got nothing here. I really don't care oh, for either Chris. of these songs. The mic, it's over to you. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm really Chris, curious. You could have done that earlier. <laughs> yet, yet another amazing buildup for a total letdown. Yeah, that's the store title of his. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I want to point out I'm being trashed here by two Vanderbilt football fans. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you don't the, even get the build up. That's well, that's the the downside to we are the champions is when you're when you're in a uh, particular fandom that is never going to get to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. Uh, look, I think there is a lot of validity to Jeff's point. Yes, it's it's not it's not just it's not just the sentiment. Although, yeah, I, I agree, it's a little bit uh, trite, but it also it doesn't crank it up quite enough initially it gets there later the the part at the end where may's guitar solo echoes the vocals or or kind of harmonizes with the vocals is one of my is just one of my favorite queen moments is that part where he you know what he goes we are the champions then when they all harmonize on the we are the champions and the guitar line is right underneath it i love that moment of that of the song uh it's hit or miss. I agree, but but I do think that there is something to it about it is the song that it it is. Even though, yeah, you're right. It, it's not a super exciting chorus. There are moments in your life when you just want to sing it. Yeah, it, 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 there when when you have those moments, it just comes to you. And I think for that reason, I don't. And I, but I kind of am a, am in agreement. I don't necessarily think. It's going to go super far. We're going to see how it progresses, but I think it needs to go at least past the first round. It's it's a it's a Queen song that everybody knows, and it does have some it, it does have that that great little piano intro and some really cool guitar work by May at the end uh, that really sticks out to me. So it, I'm going to put it past one one round, and we'll see how it fares moving forward. Well, I guess we will see how it fares moving forward because it is moving on to the round of sixteen. Just to recap. Uh, when we reconvene here in episode three of this bracket, you're going to have Bohemian Rhapsody taking on One Vision. Crazy little thing called Love taking on You're My Best Friend. Radio Gaga taking on Under Pressure in a matchup I can't wait to hear. And finally, Who Wants to Live Forever taking on We Are the Champions. I thought, I thought Hammer yeah, the Fall won. Hammer the Fall won. Wine drunk is a hell of a thing. <laughs> Hammer to fall, taking on. We are the champions. I said, I said the one Porsche, the front and the middle is the best. The middle, it's yeah. I agree, Jeff. I agree. No time for losers. Who writes that fucking lyric? A Vanderbilt football fan, I'm assuming. Probably. Right. As, as a Vanderbilt football fan, I have plenty of time for losers. Thank you. Right. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the episode. You've heard from our panelists. I will tell you, if you enjoy the content that we bring you here in the Boozy Bracketology podcast, a couple things you can do. One, head on over to patreon.com slash PTEBB. Uh, that is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. It's a good way to kind of give back to the show if you have the financial means to do so. If you don't have the financial means to do so, 
Uh, you can join the Discord server, ptebb.com slash Discord, or find us on Facebook, uh, The Lounge, fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology. As always, five-star rating, write us a review. That'd be awesome of you. But for the boozy bracketology podcast, I have been Chris. I'm Brandon. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mike. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one.